Matt A, can you hear yes, Matt and Mel? I can hear Matt and Mel. <laughs> I can hear Mel. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. Do you want me to leave now? Yes, Should get I the hell out of here. Really? Do you want me to leave? <laughs> Boys I <club>. mean, <clears throat> we can get solicit some of your opinions, I suppose. Do we care? I don't... <laughs> Fine then. Fine. Did did you play the game? As I'm setting up the chair next to the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, I watched Matt play it and oh. I enjoyed this. Yes, I mean if you want to, you don't have to. I don't have to. You don't have to let me. Well, I don't want you to feel excluded. I didn't want this to go too long. Is the thing. I'm. Um, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna shut up now. I mean, I know anything goes on the Karate Kid Minute podcast, but we run a tight ship here. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. podcast that has not happened for well over a year, I think, at this point. Well over a year. Yeah. So <laughs> Let's just that, put it this way. I was able to rewatch all of Deadwood um, in the last nine months, and there's not been a, another podcast <gasps> around. That's it's true. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations and thank you for your support. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, we value you as a listener. I will say that we've podcasted more than McKinley Cast has in like 10 years. So. <laughs> Let's just all blame it on Carol. <laughs> so there's that. Um, you know, life intrudes and various things and blah, blah, blah. Um, See, but it's... I thought I was doing you guys a service by like filling in the, the gap. But now it's it's just continued. Yeah, well, at this at this point, Steve, you you are a honorary hooplehead. Um, whatever is hooplehead adjacent, you are that person. So, thank you. Uh, I mean, the fact that I remembered we use Skype here to record this podcast, and uh, we haven't graduated onto any other platforms. Or why would any, we? Any, why would we? Um, <laughs> If it if it works, we just hope that it does. So, well, obviously this is Hooplecast, and I'm Matt, the host, and oh. I have to, yeah, we're starting. Oh, and <laughs> I hope you're prepared. Let me get my notes. Good, I'm glad I, you have notes. I, I don't have any notes. Oh <laughs> my god, I and of course I have too many. Uh, <laughs> and that's Matt. He's my co-host. And Mel may or may not be sitting she's, adjacent to him. She's, she's doing prop comedy right now. I'm throwing okay. paper around to pretend I have notes. Okay. <laughs> That's what all the shuffling was. And then we have our dungeon master, Steven. Yeah. I feel like I just heard you guys' voices not too long ago. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something about that. I was a tabaxi at the time. <laughs> <laughs> a little key cat. And Matt was a orc. Orc. Half, half orc. Half orc woman. Yeah, get it right. And mm-hmm. Mel was absent because <clears throat> she's decided back. that Dungeons and Dragons does not appeal to her. <laughs> That's not true, and you know it. <laughs> and she was slain by an elf. Hi, <laughs> Socrates. And that's a cat. <laughs> and we're here to talk about the premiere episode of The Last of Us, which just aired on HBO and HBO Max to critical acclaim. 
we'll say, mm -hmm. based on the video game by Naughty Dog, released what year, Matt? 2013. Oh my gosh. I believe. And so 10, years, 10 years ago. Yeah. Pretty incredible. And I remember talking about this production when we were covering our HBO, you know, on our HBO project. It's been so long since we podcasted. It's like, what do we even call the show? Um, we, we talked about that this was going to become a television series. And this was back in. Gosh, 2021, I think. So, so it's been about two years in development. Not that, yeah, not, not that yeah, pretty quick turnaround, I would say. Yeah. They were working from a complete story, though. They have that benefit, and yes. we're going to get into it's it. So, but... It's an post-apocalyptic show with like uh, creature effects. Probably takes a lot of physical production time right but development is just like hey it's already there we'll just put it right on the screen and yeah. we'll get into if that is a good decision or not um i have feelings about that um matt and i have both played the game we've both played the sequel game mm -hmm. steven have you played the game i am gonna be the uh the people in this uh, situation i have not played the video game do you know anything about the game I am uh, I, I am aware of its existence. I, I know of the it's kind of a, a two person um, uh, narration um, where there are zombie like monsters, not zombies, but zombie like, um, and uh, <laughs> and that that's about it. So I, I don't know the particulars of it. Just that it was a video game, and I can kind of see some of that in the, in the. Um, in the show so I'll, I'll point it out as just someone who is hey is this like straight out of the video game and then you guys can answer yes or no i'd say yes 95 percent of it was yeah. well but, anytime you ask that it's going to be yes yeah so you have no familiarity with the, the really the story of the characters or you've never watched maybe footage of the game at any point like no. on youtube or anything so with, with the it's the two main characters, Joel and um, what Ellie. Ellie, right? so Joel I, and Ellie. So those two are the two characters that I know. Anything beyond that, I, I don't know. You know how long anyone survives. Um, so it's it would all be a surprise to me. That's exciting. Now, did you watch me watch the or watch me play the whole game or mm -hmm. just parts of it? The whole thing, I'm pretty really? sure. Yeah. Usually, usually don't sit down to watch me play games. Uh, games that I'm interested in, yes, but most games that you play, you're wrong about, so... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that goes to show that the, the game was uh, really narratively strong, even for, like, typically non The story was excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Yeah. yeah. Out of the box, I would say, start to finish, even though I, I'll just say right now, I don't like the ending of the game. Uh, I won't spoil it, Obviously, I will not say what happens, but and I'll say that's in keeping with characterization. It's it's not like it's out of character, but a certain character makes a choice that just angered me, um, <laughs> which is not again. It was narratively like it meant, meant made sense. It just made me upset and made me. I think it was supposed to. That's what good stories do. <laughs> no, I know it. I know that it was supposed to, but it it really soured me on on it on the whole mm. experience because it was so upsetting and uh the, then the, the sequel 
part two just completely ruined it for me. Um, but I won't get into the part two. But I mean, other than than the ending, which I just did personally didn't like, I thought it was an excellently told story from start to finish and makes for an easy adaptation because it's already so perfect, cinematic, cinematic and perfect, full of big moments, personal moments, tears, jokes, side characters that you like. It's really no wonder it was a critical hit. The game was so, of course, it's a no brainer, though. I would then say, what's the point? But we can get into that, too. The point is people like Steve who don't play the games can now experience the story. So I I heard some people talk about it. Like we watched it with a group of people and one of them hadn't played the game Uh and then I, I talked to other people that said they hadn't played the game because it was too scary, but they were mm. really interested in the storyline. Mm. But they had started to play it, but they were like, nope, can't do it, too scary. Mm. So I think this is a good way, because I can relate to that. Like, I can't play video games that are too scary. I just end up throwing the controller. <laughs> <laughs> running away. I can see the too scary argument, but what I would say is that what made the game so special is that there wasn't really a game that was so narratively driven at like this, it was sort of the first one that really resonated as, oh, it's a strong narrative, great characters. and But you have that already in television and film, so not everything needs to be for everybody. So it's like, if you don't play the game, then you please take one of these other post-apocalyptic zombie movies or TV shows. There are dozens upon dozens of them, is what I would say. But they're not all like great, you know. This this is a good story, so we might as well redo it. Mm. We'll see if it becomes great. I, I don't, I'm getting too much into opinion territory. I want to just well, say that it was very popular on YouTube for people who had not played the game or not were not gamers to just play the first ten to fifteen minutes of it just so mm. they could watch Sarah die. <laughs> and uh, I'd be like, oh my god, this is so sad. This is what video games are in 2013. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> See, video games are cool and important. What did you What did you think of that, Steve? Uh, the the opening sequence with his daughter and the outbreak, the whole outbreak section. And were you shocked and sad? Yes. I, I so I I have a a fun drinking contest for for the listeners. Uh-huh. Um, every time that The Walking Dead is mentioned on this recording and or The Mandalorian on the recording, <laughs> that would be my elevator pitch for this show it's mm-hmm. The Walking Dead meets The Mandalorian um, so I knew of the two characters Pedro Pascal and uh, Bella Ramsey as Ellie so mm-hmm. when they started off that, uh, that prologue with um, Sarah, Sarah Miller being the uh, you know, dual daughter, mm-hmm. uh, I knew she wasn't going to last long, right? Because she, she's not in any of the other promos. Yeah. Right? Um, so I, I feel like I was spoiled a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, I've heard and that. we spent a lot of time with, um, with Sarah, like, yeah. from her point of view. And I was... I was surprised that we we spent so much time with her. Well, that's um, how the game starts too. You actually, the first person you control is Sarah. You 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 experience the outbreak from her perspective, and you're controlling her right up until 
the car crash and then you switch to controlling Joel and you're carrying her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's when you knew. I felt, then. I felt a very strong attachment to Sarah right from the start. I really liked her and Joel and it was very sad. It definitely moved me, um, made me cry the first time I watched it. Um, didn't elicit the same reaction this time because I knew maybe because I knew it was going to happen and I've been desensitized to it or I just don't know if I don't know I didn't feel the connection maybe actually controlling her does create that bond whatever it was despite the extra length of time with her I felt less affected by it really yeah I I did like that we got some extra extra moments with her that weren't in the game. But I think they did that because, yeah, when you're controlling her, you probably feel more connected to her. So they just wanted to flesh her out more for the, the audience watching. How much more can you flesh out a character so that you get attached to it Mm -hmm. without playing the character? I I wonder like what that limit would be. I think they took it to that limit. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think they should have spent any longer in the pandemic or in the, um, Mm-hmm. The outbreak yeah. than they did. Right. It was about half an hour or so. Something it, like that. Yeah. Did you listen to the official podcast? No, I have not listened to the podcast either. They they revealed that it was originally going to be two episodes, and uh, the first episode was going to end right when Joel throws the the boy's body in the fire. Is going to be is going to be the outbreak. Then twenty years later. Then the boy come out of the woods. Then Joel throws his body on the fire. End of episode. Well, that would have not given us any Ellie, which would have been a mistake, <laughs> I think. It definitely was a double-length episode. So Yeah. And um, and they, they said that people who suggested that they combine it with episode two was, were actually, like, the execs at HBO. And they're like, they were right. Good. They're like, they're like, we watched, you know, we watched your first episode and... Uh, we got to be honest, you know, we wouldn't come back for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, even with that big, I mean, it was a big action set piece. So, I mean, I think it's kind of, it's got a hook for sure. I think you'd want to see what, what's next, but I mean, really it is about Joel and Ellie and to not have them. You need to see them meet before you can finish the episode, I think. Matt, you jumped right into the, the prologue, but there was a pre-prologue before that. Yes, there was, with Big Head from Silicon Valley interviewing John Hanna. Yeah, from The Mummy. <laughs> the, or Carnival. The two, you have the two character actors there, so John Hanna, we, we know from Spartacus. And oh yeah, then, uh, Spartacus other, too. The other scientist is um, Christopher Haterdahl, Haterdahl uh, which I know from Hell on Wheels. Mm-hmm. Like a Deadwood adjacent uh, show, and then uh, also on HBO's Peacemaker. So that aired last year, right? So yeah. uh, when I saw those two guys uh, right at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a you know a character actor driven um, series. I'm, we're 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 in for a, a good show with all these great great character actors. And they're they're just in the one scene." <laughs> And they're just supplying exposition. It's the exposition stuff, right? And that that, that scene was added late too. It was it was added after the, everything was already done. Uh, the guy, uh, the two creators are Neil Druckmann, who did the game, and what's the uh, Chernobyl guy? 
Craig Mason? Mason, I think. Yeah, he he pitched this scene to Neil early on, and Neil didn't want to do it. And then, uh, so they just had like the standard, like kind of like the game where it opens up with like news coverage and archival footage of the outbreak and stuff, explaining where it came from and stuff. And uh, they didn't like that in the end, and they decided. So he pitched this again to Neil, and he's like, "Yeah, let's try it." And uh, I, I didn't like I, it. What? You liked it? You liked it? I thought it was so talky and silly and not I thought, I thought it was a really nice scene that like gave like a sense of dread. It felt oh. cheesy, but that might have been because it was from the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I definitely had that that 70s sheen. Um yes. I I wasn't uh gripped by it and I don't know why they didn't just do what the game did and have the entire prologue with Sarah and then do the titles, and then go into the 20 years later, just like the game. Why not do it exactly the same? If you're, Everything else is exactly the same. Why not do that? That would have been... the game. No, the game The game does... The, on the titles, doesn't it have the archival footage and the newsreel? Well, it does, layered into the, layered in over the music. Yeah. yeah. And they, they talk about the fireflies and stuff. Italy, and they, they weren't happy with it. But They thought it was a little boring. And mm. We'll say that the two talking heads would probably be better than just a bunch of news uh, clippings pasted over the screen. Mm. Um, but uh, I have to ask, do you think it was necessary? No. Do we need to know that uh, it's not a virus, it's a fungus? I mean, mm. we kind of we kind yeah. of got that through context clues. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, the episode, I didn't anyway. need to know, but I thought maybe... I think they felt like they had to do it for the dum-dums. For the audience who is not familiar with this <laughs> at all. Sorry about the dum-dums. All they needed... Yeah, sorry, dum-dums. But all they needed was, I think, a scene... Or, you know, when they're in the car, for example, when Tommy and Joel pick up Sarah... Uh, Tommy could have just swiveled over to Joel and been like, "I heard it, it, that something was da 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 da," and then like, and then you're like, "Okay, that's yeah, enough." Yeah, I don't think we needed. I don't think we needed to be talked down to. Like that's that's what this kind of stuff feels like. It feels like they're over explaining to the audience I, really? what this is, and they're not leaving like any kind of mystery as to what it might be. I thought this was supposed to, you know, like just unnerve the audience, like uh, the people watching, like, "Hey, this fungus is a real thing." I felt this like it was more um, feel distinguishing themselves from The Walking Dead, right? So it's not a virus like the, the zombie right. virus from Walking Dead. It's yeah. a fungus. It's, it's more, different. It's more realistic. Um, more realistic. <laughs> um, more, more plausible, sorry. It's. I'll tell you what, it's better than Sarah being in class. The TV loves to do this, where like Sarah's in class and it's a biology class, and the teacher's saying, you know, in part in the jungle, there's a fungus that takes over the the minds of ants. Like, what if that had happened? They love to do that, where the kids in the classroom and they're getting the lecture about the exact thing that's relevant to the plot. They didn't do that, thank God. But so. I guess they have to. They feel like they have to find some way to like introduce this concept. Mm. And so, what would be your ideal way? I guess uh, the game. I think you could have done it over the opening credits. Yeah. Well, I do like the opening credits. The way the way they have it, it kind of like unfolds this this fungus like thing unfolding across the landscape. It gave me um like Game of Thrones vibes. How it was moving across the landscape and kind of. I think it was too too derivative of Game of Thrones. I, I 
I've, I'm coming across as very negative, but I agree with what Matt is saying. It to me, it was just like the House of the Dragon, uh, with the blood in the streets. It's basically it's the same uh, concept. Mm. So instead of doing that, have it, you know, with those newspaper clippings, you know, every everything you need to know in the in the opening credits instead of having you know that. 10 minutes scene. I'm going to ask, Stephen, I'm going to ask you to watch the game footage of the first 10 to 15 minutes of the game and how that goes into the main titles. Obviously, not right now, but after this, and so that we can get your opinions next time. I think, I don't know if we're going to talk about every episode or just talk about this one in the finale, maybe, but it would, I think, if we revisit this, I'd like to know, I'd like you to watch it and then let me know what you think. Yeah. Will you take this challenge? I'll do that. Okay. We weren't too positive on the pre-prologue. We weren't too positive on the opening credits themselves. Uh, And then now there's the prologue. Mm -hmm. I feel like this this episode was like you know you was too long, right? You could have split it into two, or they were talking about having it to be two. I mean, there's there's some things you could have cut out of this. I think it could have been shorter. But I do think that this whole part of the game of the the game of the show filled me with dread and made me uneased. And part of the, my unease was that I knew that I'm watching it on Sunday and then tomorrow I have to go back to work, which fills me with dread. But <laughs> oh, I was I was really drawn into. I thought the actress who played Sarah was phenomenal, so I was really invested with her and uh, with Joel. Yeah. Um, what did you think of them change? Like in the game, the outbreak is 2013, and then 20 years later, the game starts in 2032. But they changed it to be the outbreak in 2003, so that so that the story can take place in current day 2023. Did you think that was weird, or did you care? Didn't notice. Oh, you didn't notice. No. Yeah. You didn't notice that it was very 2003 and there was like Avril Lavigne and all these things and uh, no. At- Atkins diet. Atkins I didn't, that that was strange when he said he was on Atkins. I was like, uh-huh, that feels not right. Also, that was Buddy Garrity talking- from Friday Night Lights. I just want to point that out. <laughs> they were talking about uh, like terrorist attacks too. So that would have just been like two years after 9-11. But- yeah, but... Again, I was listening to the HBO podcast, which I really recommend, um, the official one about this show. And they're saying episode one is filled with Easter eggs and little clues and hints. And uh, people have been uh, – here, I'm just going to read a YouTube uh, comment, actually. That Why would you do that? Sums it, that sums it up. <laughs> did, anyone, did anyone else notice they introduced the cordyceps fungus through the yeast fungus or flour in baked goods? The visibly undercooked biscuits being fed to the old woman who turns first. The cookie Sarah is given and never eats. That Sarah and Joel eat eggs when they were meant to be eating pancakes. The cake that Joel forgets to pick up. And that Joel is on Atkins diet, meaning he's not eating carbs, like bread made of yeast, fungus, or flour. Interesting. And then then there's a reference on the news to Jakarta. And apparently Jakarta is like one of the world's largest exporters of flour. What? That's so obscure. (laughs) That is... That's that's the running theory right now, that like the the cordyceps is... In bread. In the fl- oh. it's in the fl- <laughs> wow. I, I no, catch, I, 
No. <laughs> I think there's some of that, right? Like, because Joel was supposed to bring home the um, the birthday cake, which he yeah. forgot. Or, and you know, Tommy thought they were going to be eating uh, pancake or pancakes or waffles or something, and they right. were. And she didn't. Eat I also thought dog. that um, uh, orange juice. Um, you know, um, Eric gave Joel some orange juice instead, vitamin C. I, I thought that was like the the antidote. That's why <laughs> they were they were excluded. Like I was looking for some of those clues. So mm-hmm. it, it is interesting that uh, you know uh, there's more to that. Did did the game bring any of that up? The bur- I don't think the game says where it came from. Just that it yeah, evolved naturally. But I don't like. Oh, another big change. Probably the mm-hmm. biggest change this show made in the lore is that in the game you have to be aware of uh, spores from the fungus. Like you can just go into an area and it's filled with spores. You breathe those spores in, you're infected. You're 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 done. Um, so in large sections of the video game, you, the characters put on gas masks and, uh, that's, they've already said they're not doing that in, uh, in the show The the, the fungus spreads through tendrils and not spores. Yeah. So I guess that's what the, uh, the enoki mushroom asparagus looking stuff coming out of the old lady's mouth was. <laughs> okay. Well, Drew Pascal doesn't want to wear a helmet. I, I want to <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is. I really liked the idea of spores, like that. There were yeah, I like the idea too. Yeah, there's just area goats. There and like there's just spores floating everywhere. There was a little bit of um, uh, Sarah trying to figure out, you know, where the outbreak originated from. You know, yeah. They were saying that uh, you know came from downtown, and yeah. she he was kind of guilty about that because she was downtown that previous day fixing yeah. the launch, so she was. We we kind of got into our head a little bit of like oh where where did this um you know wasn't it's not a virus but this outbreak right. um, originating from how did it originate and how yeah. is it spreading and it's it, it is very obscure and kind of hard to figure out how some people would be infected and not it's yeah so she's panicking a little bit meanwhile Joel and Tommy they're driving who knows where they're driving they're in Texas right where where Austin? are they going um, yeah <laughs> where are they going to <laughs> I don't think they know. I wouldn't they know. They're panicking as well. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of panic. And I feel like in that situation, I would probably panic as well. So it's it's realistic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little there's a little uh, Easter egg kind of fake out for video game people who know the video game really well. In the video game, when they're going through the the, the town. Uh, they get sideswiped by a car, and that's how the car crash happens. Mm-hmm. In this, they almost got sideswiped by a car, but the thing that actually takes their car out is a plane crashing and then right. free. Uh, that whole sequence is uh, nearly identical to the game. Even <clears throat> the the POV shots out of the windshield. And yeah. just, uh, just all of the crowd panic in the downtown area, etc. Yeah, it is... It is funny to see which things they adapt one for one and which ones they don't like some lines are, are word for word from the game like sarah saying uh or him asking her where she gets money and she's like drugs i sell hardcore drugs mm-hmm. like that's exactly from the game <laughs> maybe craig mazin was sick of like floating Particles and things because he was doing Chernobyl, and that's how Chernobyl starts with <laughs> Maybe, yeah. them like, Oh, look at the snow. It's like, No, <laughs> do not stand outside. 
we started one thing that felt sure. very much like uh, the video game or you know a video game would be the um, the flaming truck that causes the Joel and Tommy to separate. Mm. And you know, yeah. Tommy was on one side of the truck and couldn't walk around you know twenty feet to, uh, around the truck. I guess <laughs> no time. <laughs> and no time. I'll, I'll meet you later. And that felt yeah. very video game like like it, it was purposely separating the party so that you had to truck along by yourself. And I feel like this show is going to do that over and over again throughout the the episodes. As long as there isn't like multiple sequences where you have to set up a ladder for Ellie to climb or, (laughs) or find a pallet to float on the water because she doesn't know how to swim. (laughs) Right. You have to Um, do that multiple times. When uh, Tess was talking about going to see Robert, I was like, oh, I think this is where we have the tutorial of how to, you know, shoot from behind cover and throw bottles to distract guards. So I'm like, I was like, this is okay. We're getting into the the mechanical tutorial part, but we just skipped Robert entirely and did not bother with that character. Yeah. Which is good. I think no one told me Anna Torv was going to be on the show, which I think is, I knew obviously Bella Ramsey and, uh, Pedro Pascal and Nick Offerman, but no one said Anna Torv was going to be on it. And I f- would, I was like, who was that actress? She looks, she sounds so familiar. And she was, you know, her face was messed up, but yeah. I feel like they, someone should have told me, but it was a pleasant <laughs> surprise. Mel and I know her from Mindhunter. Yeah. So yeah. Good yeah. That. I love yeah. her Mindhunter, but also Fringe, of course. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, like, but it just reminds me of all the fucking stupid uh, man babies on the internet complaining about the characters and how they don't look like the characters from the game. Like, um, Well, stop reading the internet, Matt. Ugh. Let it go. Let Tess, it go. Tess isn't pretty enough. Let Tess, it go. It's fucking Anna Torv. El- Shut up. Who would, Ella, who would even say Ellie, that? Ellie's not pretty enough. She's 14. Why do you care? About She's a little is? girl. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. to be black. Joel's not supposed to be Hispanic. Shut the fuck up. Pedro Pascal is awesome. Never looked hotter. Let's just say that. Um, the actress who plays Marlene, Merle Dandridge, she was Marlene in the games. And yeah. she also voiced Alex Vance in all of the Half-Life games, which is right. pretty fucking great. And I just want to say, if you want to imagine what it's like to live inside The Last of Us, you should play Half-Life Alex, because that is... One of the scary, like it, a person who can't play The Last of Us, I don't get it. Cause put, you know, play Half Life Alex in VR, and uh, which is the only way to play it, and uh, you will shit your pants. Because I won't. There's, you will, cause there's, there's <laughs> sequences when you're in like apartment buildings, and it's just critters and things all around, squelching noises and things skittering, skittering and squelching. It's it, it terrifying. Head crabs no, jump on you. No. It's fucking horrifying. Um, no, way scarier the, than the last one. <laughs> no, no, don't wanna. And you'll shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> we, we done with the prologue now? Um, yeah. I mean, were you sad when Sarah was killed by the military person? Of course, it's terrible. No, no. no. This what? child was killed. Is, so the the problem is that okay, it's it's sad that uh, a little girl dies. Yes, um, His but daughter. it's but you're spoiled by the pro, promo posters no, and photography. 
something a little bit more than that. It's you know, it's developing a male character at the sacrifice of a female character. And so right off the bat, you get that. So now we know that Joel is a like a broken man, um, which I think we could have gotten without that prologue. That's what I'm, mm. I'm saying. If you started at the 20 year later mark for the episode, episode one, you would have got through context clues that, oh, yeah, he maybe had a child in a, the previous life. He had a family in the previous life. And now he's just clinging on to whatever he's got left. And, you know, we realize that he has a brother out there and like, that's the major drive to leave Austin to go find his brother. I mean, I think we would have picked up some of that without, without having watched um, Sarah die. I mean, I'm sad, but (laughs) I'm not quite sure what it's, um, what it provided. I will say, it, it created a contrast between um, Sarah and then when you see Ellie. Ellie's got this; she's got a pocket knife, and she's willing to use it and throw down. Whereas Sarah, you know, kind of just stood there and crying, you know, very flummoxed yeah. to what what to do in the situation. Ellie's a much different character than Sarah. Born at a different time. Worlds, yeah, <laughs> yeah, different worlds. Um, it would have been quite a different um, pilot and possibly intriguing if they had started with the 20 years later, started with Broken Joel, and then gotten to the point where they're outside and the gun is flashed in his face and then like we flash back. And then the, mm-hmm. the prologue part was actually the second half of the episode. And we see what happened to Joel right at the end of that. What if that had that, happened? That might work, yeah, that might have worked out. So going back to Walking Dead... That first episode of Walking Dead, you start with, um, you know, your main character waking up in the hospital. It's just, they, the outbreak's already happened, and he's kind of thrown into it. Um, so that that would be the twenty year later kind of start point. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm um, not mentioning that show. But you're the one who's bringing it up, so you're making <laughs> you're making you're, you're making people drink. drink. I'm gonna say I'm gonna make a point of comparison between another HBO show, and that is Station Eleven. Where you mm. have Jeevan being the protector escort, uh, begrudgingly of Kirsten, or mm-hmm. Kirsten, um, young girl. Obviously, totally different mood. You know, that's more uplifting. I don't think we're going to see any Shakespeare troops in The Last <laughs> of Us. That'd be kind of cool if we did some sort of crossover. <laughs> um, but I got I, I was thinking back to that show. I didn't read the book, but. Um, that did a really great job of developing a relationship between uh, an older man father figure and his protected, you know, his ward uh, mm-hmm. in a way. Same, same, you know, setup, really. Yeah. Which didn't yeah. occur to me until just now, so. Yeah, he kind of gets stuck with the girl he doesn't know. Yep. Softens him up a bit. Yeah. I do like that HBO going back to some of their use actors so in, in this show you have both pedro pascal and bella ramsey who were both on game of thrones mm-hmm. and you know, well-loved characters on game of thrones so yeah. it's nice to see them back together um for the first time i don't think they ever met in game of thrones but um, now no they, they wouldn't have, have met uh i know that troy baker and ashley johnson have 
some roles that that's those are the actors who voiced and did the mocap for the game um they're going to show up at some point in the tv series i have no idea in what what roles but i wonder if uh w earl brown will appear because that would be pretty cool he did played... he play he played bill in this game yes he played bill who's going to be played by nick offerman mm. yeah and i imagine we'll see more of uh marlene he, he was a pretty good character in that first episode, and uh, the the way you know they they left her alive at the end of the first episode. I'm like, oh well, she'll be back. She she she's too big of a character to leave behind. So I, I imagine we'll see her back. I can completely see them developing a whole Firefly subplot like with her, while some while the Jewel Ellie stuff is also happening. Um. <laughs> Will be so definitely like, interesting to see where they color outside the the lines and develop things that were not in the game, because again, the game's pretty much perfect. So, what else can you do? I will say because we spent so much time on that prologue, uh, the part that's twenty years later felt a little rushed, and there there's definitely like some scenes that I felt were cut out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I even know the basic story and I still had to like, I kind of had whiplash when the 20 years later started and it's like throwing all these new things at you. And even though I was already familiar with those things, it still took me a second to get reorientated. Yeah, there there was this whole subplot of needing a battery. Like there there was multiple groups that needed this one battery Mm -hmm. or I guess car, right? Electric car or whatever. Everyone needed the battery. And then um, uh, there was like a shootout in the, the Fireflies hideout, but we don't see the shootout itself. We see the, the remnants of it after the fact. And so that, that's an action beat that we could have shown, yeah? Mm. I don't know. There was firefights on the streets already. On the streets. I'm talking about so, in the... No, I know, but it's is it is yeah. it too much of the same thing? Is it more suspenseful to... S- to skip over it and just be like, why is this? Why is it so quiet all of a sudden? Why is it so empty? Well, is it is it playing against the video game where you just follow? You know, the camera just follows the main character. So anything outside what the main character sees, you're not going to see that. Is that uh, is that the case? Intriguing possibility. <laughs> hmm. Is we well. I don't know. We no, should no, have we seen it see from more. Ellie's point of view, maybe? Because Ellie was in the Firefly apartment building at the time. Yeah. So we could have seen something if Ellie counts as uh, one of the main characters. Maybe it will be one of those things where we see it later and see like the other perspective or something. We'll see it from Marley's or Marlene's, Marlene's perspective. perspective or the other... Maybe there was a turncoat. Maybe it's the one missing the ear. I don't know. I'm just theory. It's just a speculation. Yeah. I have no idea. You're missing an ear, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't even notice until she mentioned that. So it was a good thing she mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, she's far away down the hallway. <laughs> so thoughts about Ellie, Stephen? Um, I, I like her being um, a strong, like female character, willing to uh, fight. Um, and you know, potentially kill with that knife. Um, so that that makes her a strong character. So right there, I'm I'm kind of excited about that, and I see why they picked the the Game of Thrones actress 
for that because she was a kick-ass character too. Um, that it, not- it kind of surprised me. I'm, uh, I, I did not expect Ellie to be such a uh, strong character. I thought she that- would be, uh, you know, someone who needed Joel to look after her. Yeah, well, you you gotta be able to take care of yourself in the apocalypse, especially if you're an orphan. <laughs> but yeah, that knife is uh, significant because, like in the game, any weapon you have has like a durability, so it can break. Except that knife. <laughs> that knife is completely invincible. She uses it as many times as she wants; it never breaks. <laughs> is there going to be a scene where they put their weapons on a table and they start strapping parts into it to upgrade yes. it? They're modifying it. Yeah. There should be. It was the whole um, thing with the radio stations and different uh, different songs playing on the radio station had different uh, different codes, and I, I felt like that was. Something probably straight out of the comic book, some kind of, um, um, uh, you know, was it uh, something you had to figure out, some kind of puzzle that you had to figure out? Uh, I don't think that's in the games, actually. No, I don't think so either. I think what it does do is very quickly communicates to the audience just how bright Ellie is. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, break your code, ha ha ha. Although, then at the end, they you hear the, this music and. I, I don't know that song or the time, like the period of the song. So to me, I don't know what it meant. Depeche mode. It's Depeche mode. It's very 80s. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was. So I'm, I'm hearing the song, which I didn't like. And I'm like, I don't know. Like you're communic trying to, it's the show trying to communicate to me some sort of like probably dread, but I don't know. I don't know what it meant. So I was like, okay, I hear music. That's me not you knowing know, music. So. It just established that 80s means bad, and then it plays an 80s song. And I guess we knew it was an 80s song like uh, because we had the subtitles on, and it said Depeche Mode oh. plays. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't – and that's weird because the, the subtitles were on for me too, and it was driving me crazy because they were subtitling everything, like signs. Like there would oh. be a sign that said welcome, and the subtitles would go, welcome. I'm like, yeah, I can <laughs> read the fucking screen. I don't need to see like it twice. You know- Subtitle the sound that's coming out. That's weird. <laughs> it was it was every they're subtitling everything. Um, okay. like the like the graffiti on the wall of the of the walls of, from the fireflies. It would it, it would say it on the in the subtitles too. I didn't know. It, and I guess if it said Depeche Mode, I wouldn't know that it was eighties either because I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's me not knowing music, so that left me cold. I guess. Yeah. I liked Marlene. I I think we'll we'll see more of her. Uh, and then you mentioned Tess. Um, the the fact that I know it's just going to be two of them at some point. I don't think Tess has long long to live. I, I'm I'm not hopeful for Tess. Okay. That doesn't mean she's not going to fall out of True. favor with Joel or go her own way or whatever. Um, but I mean, it's a travel show. These and and you know that the it's the duo. It's really about Joel and Ellie and you know Joel's surrogate daughter. And rebuilding, you know, <laughs> that relationship. And he's a dad. He's such a dad. And this is such a dad game <laughs> and TV show. Instead of dad and daughter, I like Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Okay, yeah. let me go back to that. Strength. Stop. No, Season three up. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> he was just really good. He just had. He had the charisma he needed at the start of the episode and then had the surliness he needed for the second half. Like, 
was very impressed. It does Surly very well. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like they grade his temples, like makeup wise. Yeah, he was supposed to hair, age they? 20 years from 36 yeah. to, so I guess he must be 56. Even, even in the, when they said, oh, you're 36 years old, I was like, there's no way he's 36. <laughs> <laughs> my, my note, Mel, he's not uh, 36. <laughs> yes. But, but he also doesn't look almost 60, does he? No, he doesn't. No, and the the grain of the temple is is it's kind of distracting. Uh, I'll probably get used to it. Yeah, at first I was like, yeah, don't look quite right. I mean, you can scruff him up a little bit and you know give him give him a half beard like he usually walks around with, and that would be enough. You, you don't have to graze the bulls just to yeah, because he get can't across that he can't grow a full beard, and I respect that because neither can I. So. <laughs> You guys, you guys have probably seen him uh, when he was 24 on Buffy, right? Oh, yes. He's Eddie on, in The Freshman. He reads yeah. uh, Of Human Bondage, and Buffy, he's like, have you read it? And Buffy goes like, oh, I'm not into porn. I mean, I'm trying to cut way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's very uh, young and skinny in that. Yeah. How do we think that this series... Um will go you think it'll be the the next hbo hit series and everyone's going to tune in on sundays to watch it that could be the water cooler talk on monday morning i think so i think i think word of mouth is gonna increase as it goes probably uh probably similar to the way the original game of thrones show did it like i i doubt it had most of its audience on the first episode, I think it gained as it went, didn't it? I saw a post today where people were comparing it to Stranger Things because they were saying because they had Depeche Mode at the end of the episode that people were like, oh, gotta listen to Depeche Mode now! And it's doing the same thing that it did for Kate Bush for Stranger Things. Mm. So people were pointing that out, which I thought was interesting to make the two comparisons because Stranger Things is quite a big show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on for a while. Depeche so. Mode's getting a bump. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah. So yes, I think it's going to be a water cooler show. It'll be the thing for a while. I'll I'll, I'll go back to my Walking Dead. No, we just had you know <laughs> double digits series uh, 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 seasons of that. I think it just ended, and now they're talking about like off like four spinoffs of that show. Well, that's, um, you're doing that to yourself. No sympathy for me for it does that. Feel, it does feel a little bit of uh, overload. Or, well, uh, with, this, with this, they've already said they don't want to go beyond what story there is in the games. And they said the first season is the first, ga- is the first game, and then the second game will probably be seasons two and three, and that's, that's it, unless another game comes out. The, they could pad it out, I'm sure, but I yeah. can't, I don't know why they would want to do more than three to four seasons of this. Yeah. Because Pedro Pascal is already quite busy with... Well, sorry. Sorry, I can't say it, because I don't want people to have to drink. What? <laughs> That's got to be nearing its, its sort of peak as well, doesn't it? That Star Wars show that we won't mention, doesn't that... That's had three... It's about to have three seasons. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be... Maybe quite busy, yeah, I think. Might be time to... Things don't need to run forever, like 
that other zombie show that was also mentioned that we won't say. So <laughs> the one that's four or five spin-offs. Yeah, ridiculous. I don't know why you wouldn't spin off a show that was never good in the first place, but okay. <laughs> uh, this is mediocre. So that, Let's have more of it. All right. So that show, like everything was done in like the first three episodes and the rest of the show was like a rehash or iteration of that same thing over and over again. We bring in new characters, you know, things went down and just it kind of get uh, repetitive after a while. There was nothing new that they were bringing to the table. So I'm, I'm a little worried with the last of us that it can be kind of the same thing. They're going to, they're going to go from town to town. They're going to meet some, some new characters. We'll go down. And, you know, they'll, they'll leave town and move on. Um, do we have an idea why um, uh, Joel is going to Wyoming to, to meet Tommy? If that's, I think he's just, just worried about him, isn't he? Just worried about his brother? Yeah, which I, th- which I think is not... this. That's not a thing in the game, I don't think. I think in the game he's just simply given the mission to take Ellie... Uh, to uh, Boston, or Boston? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they're in Boston. Uh, to yeah, wherever wherever he ends up taking her, I can't remember. Seattle, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, he's just given that mission in the game. But in this, yeah, he's got the extra motivation to like he really wants to leave and go check on Tommy. And I, I'm pretty sure that's not part of the game. So side quest on the TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it just makes him wanting to leave the quarantine zone uh, more believable, I think, if he's worried about his brother, too. Really, I mean, it remains to be seen how much longevity the show has, but if they just do two seasons or even three seasons and adapt the the games, they've got material. Yeah. I don't love the material in the second game, so I don't I do. know if I'll watch past. I know you do. You're a Last of Us Part Two apologist. <laughs> I will watch past the season one, but we'll see. Matt, you mentioned that you know because there's source material because there's a game, right? Both of you, I'm talking to both of you at the same time. Um, <laughs> you already have the dialogue written, mm. and at some point they did motion capture, so you you already have like uh, like animatronics. The the cinematics are already like there. You can see on screen. Um, which m- must make it, I think, make it easy. But I, you, know, so I, I hear that maybe some of the dialogue is not snappy enough. Do, do you get any of that sense from the video game that the the dialogue could use another pass or a couple passes to to make it a little better? Or some of these some of these things that work well in a video game would not translate to a the screen. I don't know. I, it always felt fine in the game. I, d- I never had any issues with any of the writing, and in the in the TV show, they seem to be adding extra context where they need it, or mm-hmm. changing changing motivations a bit. Or I don't know. It's it's working for me so far. I don't know. It's hard to judge the show on one episode, but yeah, I and I feel like the show is going to earn its bread when it does more and with the later episodes. I want to see them. I don't know how they're going to do it because again, the first game pretty much perfect story, but where they can expand and provide context and just develop deepen, deepen it. Mm. It's going to make it even better. 
So the only thing that would be very weird is if something serious is happening and uh, you, like you're like Joel is somehow going through cupboards looking for collectibles. <laughs> like that would be strange because that's what I would do. <laughs> be like, oh, there's dialogue <laughs> happening. Huh? Let me see if I can find that thing. I gotta get that trophy unlocked. <laughs> well, the one thing I want to see um, HBO really put their money behind is uh, some of the creature effects and monsters. I'm yeah. really interested in seeing what that looks like on on you know the big screen or. or screen. Yeah, this episode was really light on zombies, <laughs> mm-hmm. creature effects. Yeah, and for anyone watching the show who just doesn't know anything about this property. I think their minds just might be blown by the creatures that you know they're going to encounter. It's it's played so kind of realistic at this point, and mm-hmm. it's about to jump into the f- real fantasy. That's you know realm. It's um, going to get freaky. It's going to get very unworldly soon, and mm-hmm. then probably ratchet it up a couple more times before the end of the series. So. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be quite something. Um, yeah, I, I want to see our heroes against monsters. Um, I, I really don't want to see our heroes against awful people because there's, there's enough. Yeah, uh, there's enough awful people in the world, and well, I just we don't need more of that. I, I, without getting into spoilers, I for the first game, I don't think that that was really the. I can't. Uh, okay, now I remember a part. Yeah, there's some, there's some. There bad. is, there is I a thing. That, Nolan North. I wonder if he'll show up. Um, because he's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, that character. Maybe that's who. Uh, Troy Baker's gonna play. Uh, he he does. I'm pretty sure he does play like a henchman of that character. Oh, he should have probably played that character. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna meet some bad guys. Sure, going on, but inevitable. It's just part of the. Yeah, it's part of the fabric of it. I think it's got more going on than that other zombie show, which again, you should have stopped watching. That's on you. Yeah, they also meet some nice characters along the way. Mm-hmm. Good. They meet good people and bad people. And you just learn to love Joel and Ellie and their father-daughter relationship. You're just like, mm-hmm. aw. They're so nice. I did love the, these characters. Did the flashback bother you guys? Like, the explicit, like... Oh, this situation reminds me of when my daughter was shot. Yes, yes. It's, it, a lot of people are angry at that scene. Because I of... had a note about that. I just said, did we need the quick flashback? We saw the PTSD in Joel's eyes already. That's what, that's what my note said. So yeah, I thought that was kind of dumb. That's where he snapped. He, mm-hmm. he snapped and went after that guard. Yep. And then Ellie's in the background, like, getting, getting off on it. She's really excited. And yeah. If you uh, the behind the scenes um, feature edit after the episode, they they talk about how it unlocks something in Ellie, and I, I wonder if you know. She, so she's like she's bitten or whatever. She's is that um, is that the the fungus like activating uh, against the whenever there's violence, and that she's she's actually like activating something inside her whenever there's violence. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, what did you think of the reveal that she was bit three weeks ago and she should be alive? Kind of, kind of expected that. Again, 
it, it felt like a trope. Why, why carry this? Uh, I'll go back to um, what um, uh, children of men, where you have uh, a guy you know, shepherding uh, a woman. You know, what makes this woman special? It's like, well, she's got something that um, shouldn't exist in this post-apocalyptic world. So I, I kind of, fi- oh. I kind of figured that Ellie had like the cure; she was immune to her or something. Um, you ever feel we're just getting old and we're just like seen it all jaded yes i do feel that way i'll fully admit it's just like beat for beat so much like other 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 things but i didn't even think about children of men but like yeah that is the same same thing although i'm gonna say that the clive owens character in that never had a relationship of of any substance with his charge in that scenario she was a real cipher and he didn't i don't think he cared really about her there might have been a whole prologue and a pre-prologue to his story that we just never saw i think maybe he cared about the promise that she represented but not her as a person Mm. and that's going to be the difference between that story and this relationship but it is another adult man and a young girl so. Mel, to answer your question, like I, I do feel like I've been um, negative uh, for on no, on things. Negative, just old. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you get, ever get uh, feedback that uh, you know we can understand Carol, but that Steve Bambard, he's just too negative. You know, uh, no, no, I solicited Steve, feedback, and as always, sorry, I talking over you. Um, but I'm the host, so I get to do that. Uh, I solicited feedback and never got any. So, no. You're our only listener, so there's no one to send feedback um, about you. Why do I we have Steven that. on the podcast? He's our only fan. <laughs> I did see that Matt Humphreys solicited some, some feedback from people. Did, did you get anything, Matt? No. Nope. People are lazy fuckers. <laughs> They just don't want to talk about the show. Okay, so it could be that they haven't watched it yet. Like, it just came out. So Mm -hmm. I've got a question for the three of you. Because, yes, at the end of the episode, there was that behind-the-scenes bit where Craig Mazin says that Ellie likes the idea of Joel defending her. She she likes the idea of a guy – of this guy being punished. Is that how it read to you? Because it didn't read to me as satisfaction. It read to me just as shock. Did you feel satisfaction Uh, before you watched that bit? Of him telling you that's uh, what she felt. Well, on the podcast, they they said they tried to make it a clear difference to how Sarah reacted when he hit his neighbor with a wrench. Like Sarah was horrified, but Ellie's kind of into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that. Ellie Ellie was not um, heartbroken that this guy. Uh, well, she herself stabbed him, and represents an immediate threat to her and we already talked about how they're different characters and different totally different circumstances i don't i don't even remember how sarah reacted when the neighbor was hit was she whatever. was, she was I, crying was she i mean we were coming. why wouldn't she be she was just like i don't that i didn't see the juxtaposition uh between i think we already established that i can't say that word um that's right <laughs> I think I did okay there. Um, but yeah, I didn't see satisfaction or that Ellie was like, yeah, punish this guy. 
my daddy's defending yeah. me. I have a daddy. <laughs> it's like I didn't see any of that. It's just like I just started standing there, kind of like um, surprised, shocked. Um, Is she excited because no one's ever like protected her before? Like she's always been an orphan in her mind, always been part of the system, and never really treated as an individual. And the guy that actually protecting her. Protecting. See, I didn't read it as protection when he attacked that other guy. I read it as PTSD, and I didn't read it as him punishing that guy. I read it as PTSD. I read it as a reaction that didn't have any thought behind it. It was like it was a trigger. That's all I read it as. And so, to infer if I was Ellie, any kind of anything from it, like I wouldn't. So I didn't expect her to. From Joel's point of view he wasn't there protecting ellie he he was just being on this guy you know for for flights against sarah like ellie wasn't even in the in the picture at that and i didn't uh, even but... think of him i didn't even think of him and sarah i thought of him almost being outside of his body doing something so pent up and and primal in him that it was just divorced from any kind of thought Really, Ellie, is how it read Ellie to me. Like Ellie looks like she's excited by the hunt, okay. and by like, to me, like she's just she's totally bloodthirsty. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She just she's ready to kill at any moment, yeah. right? She's so, jumpy. So maybe for her to see somebody that's also ready to kill, it's like, oh, okay, I can relate to you now. You know, because she, I don't know, she didn't like him at first, right? Because he was trying to take her knife from her and just, like, kind of wrestling things from her and, oh, I have to go with this guy. But then when you see that you have something in common with a person, that you do anything to defend yourself, then... Maybe that's what. Maybe that's where the connection is with her. I don't yeah. know. It's just my. I'm clearly we interpreted it in different ways. So I'm glad I asked. But it just sounds like I'm in the minority here. I liked. I liked her line. Uh, Ellie's line. I think um, Marlene said something to to Joel about like I know what you're capable of or something. And then Ellie's like, "What's he capable of?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's 20 years that we we missed. So right. I mean, how did he get to Bo- How did he get to Boston? No. I'm, why would you go to Boston of all places? Why would you go where it's cold? Not um, not cold, Boston. but there's like a militaristic piracy in if Boston. That just came and, up later. I mean, maybe he went thinking. There's there's going to be stability here because it's closer to the center of of power and authority being near Washington D.C. East Coast. And that's why he went. I would go the other way. Well, I'm already in California. Can't go any farther west. But well, the ocean. But <laughs> I think maybe you hope that like the I think everybody that like is in a zombie outbreak hopes that the cold will slow the zombies down. <laughs> Could be. That's what it seems to be, anyways. Yeah. Well, according to the pre-prologue, um, it's got to be warm, right? Warm temperatures for the, uh, the fungus to spread. So there might be something to that, uh, Mel. Yeah, that's true. You'd wonder, though, in that um, 20 years later after that, you, to hear any kind of information like that, you would 
be skeptical, wouldn't you? Wouldn't if you're like, oh, it comes from fungus and it's the warm environment, you'd be like, well, that's a theory, but there's no infrastructure to to prove it. It's not like you can turn on PBS and like watch a special about it to see if it's true or not. You'd just be like, well, that's what one person on the street told me. You know, I'd go to the uh, Center of Disease Control in Atlanta, like that other show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to keep bringing that up? Drink. Huh? Yeah. Drink. <laughs> I'll tell you. You know what? This uh, first episode reminded me more of The Stand because Stu Redmond is in Texas. So, in the miniseries The Stand, as well as the book, um, there's a whole lot of pre, like as the pandemic is unraveling stuff in texas of the military coming in people being taken away you know stew in his house going out played by uh gary sinise in the miniseries uh like i i got the stand vibes from the from this episode not seen that not seen the stand the stand has a lot of religious overtones so i haven't seen any religious overtones in um, the Last of Us. Not yet. I imagine there will be. There, there's always. Um, at the some... beginning, there was a lady who said that something somebody needs to get right with Jesus, and she did like some uh, some weird crucifixion math. She's like four mm-hmm. nails plus one nail equals so many nails. I'm that not was... like lady. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, that was wacky. I was like, <laughs> what is going on there? Was oh, it three nails and one cross equals forgiven? Sure, yeah. if you say so. Well... One, one um, plus three equals four. Given. Uh huh. Watch what? me turn around and walk out the door. <laughs> and raisin cookies instead of chocolate chip. Yes, I. I actually, she deserved I, to die. Yeah, I commented on that because I was like, when she said, "Oh, I'm making raisin cookies," and then I said out loud, "Of course she is. That <laughs> bitch. That bitch." <laughs> I'm glad your face was eaten. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that's not evil, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone evil puts raisins in thank, cookies. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> choc- <laughs> chocolate chips exist. If you put raisins yes. in a cookie, you're a monster. <laughs> Let's just say thank that. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's it's a good thing she didn't eat the cookies because she would have uh, turned into a zombie. So raisins are good. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> they saved her life. Raisins saved. Sarah's life. Only temporarily, though. So. Yeah, only temporarily. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Huh. That is very interesting, that fl- that whole flower th- flower bread thing. I'm not smart enough to piece that together. So. Well, it's not confirmed. It's just a fan theory at I the mean, moment. It sounds pretty smart. It does. And they did say on the podcast that there's clues and tidbits and stuff for people to find. I really did like how they had, like the other people in the background kind of starting to turn. Mm -hmm. I liked how it was subtle, like in the classroom, the guy like with his hand shaking next to her Oh yeah, yeah. and like the, just the old lady in her chair, like that that face. Oh my God. That was creepy. Out of of focus shot. That was so creepy. Yeah, that was creepy. I didn't pick up on the watch thing either until I heard somebody talk about it. I was like, Oh yeah. God, I must must be really dumb because I'm watching this and not picking up all the things. 
Not looking I for was, him either. But. I was also really dumb with that that boy who walked out of the woods. I didn't I didn't get that they killed him. <laughs> I had to rewind that because I was like, I think that's the kid's shirt, but it looked darker in that shot than so I re so I looked at his shoes and then I went back and I was like, okay, now he's in the wheelchair thing, but I can't see his feet, so I had to go all the way back, you know, to when he was walking to be like, yep, there's that's those are the green shoes. So that is that. that is the boy. I got it now, but I yeah, was I not connected sure. that was his body. They were thrown in the fire and stuff, and I thought they were actually going to give him. What are you guys that, talking about? I'm not connecting anything. The, the, <laughs> the, kid, the kid who came out of the woods. And Where? The, when? And the, that's a prize email. In the beginning, after 20 years later, um, there's a boy. Is it a boy? See, I wasn't even sure if it was a boy or a girl. I, I thought it was a, a girl, but it, everybody refers to him as a boy. I, I think I, it is a boy, but I was wondering. Cause I the mysterious kid. The kid. Yeah. The kid that was in, he was infected. I didn't realize that he was infected. They, yeah, they cut to burning a kid on the on the fire, and I'm like, I think same. that's the kid from the beginning. But again, I wasn't paying t- attention to visual clues, like clothing clues, so I had I to rewind it. Someone yeah. had to tell me. I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, that's nice that he like found civilization. He's going to get a nice meal after he gets like you know an inoculation or whatever, and then <laughs> put it together later that they had euthanized him. I... <laughs> And I spent a lot of time thinking that could be Ellie. Like I was like, "Wait, is do they? Is that Bella Ramsey? Like I'm not recognizing her." He was kind of dressed like Ellie a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I I thought maybe it was sort of like a five years, like like sort of like a pre Ellie. But I thought too. And that it could be Bella Ramsey. I wasn't quite sure, so I was looking for like facial clues. I was so distracted, like thinking it was Ellie, that I was just. Same. It, it it yeah that lost me that whole bit yeah, um, yeah same okay so I'm not as stupid as I thought no I was. No, no we're all, all three of we're all stupid <laughs> Steven's been very quiet so he's like oh yeah that. I knew who that was that was that kid from that beginning <laughs> maybe the exposition was for us yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are the dum dums we needed that we needed that PTSD flashback with the the guard <laughs> any yeah. final thoughts if I not if, you liked it oh. enough? I I like that they kept the music from the game. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Wait, I I and I need I need the opportunity to say the composer's name, Gustavo Santoalala. <laughs> <laughs> I just love saying that name. So yeah. great. <laughs> great score in the game. Awesome theme. Iconic theme. As much as I'm not happy with the main titles themselves because again graphically they look too much like other things we've seen um the theme itself is just a fantastic and little there was there was score. Yes. and there was there was game score in the episode too wasn't there mm. yeah they're like little beats of uh there was a scene in the sort of quarantine area where the these trucks are like an overhead shot and i and they had like guitar strumming okay. like i don't know spanish guitar or whatever it is so a little bit of it was not a music heavy uh hour of tv no um and neither's the the game it's sparse when it shows up it's noticeable well it doesn't need to be a musical <laughs> last of us the musical why why but... the hell not <laughs> i want that now <laughs> i'm trying to picture how that would go i'll leave it up to our imaginations <laughs> I think all the clickers would have to have a a number by themselves. Yes. <laughs> Is anyone going to watch episode two of this show? Yes. 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 Okay. So the, 
there's really there's the two questions like are you could continue watching yes after that the first episode yes and then the second question is will this incentivize you to go play the game now that's that's uh that's an that's an extra level of um because people have to go out and actually buy or download the game at this point and actually like um but you know i, I think i would i'll wait till after season one to, mm. to go download I'll, I'll i'd be interested to see if there's a spike of downloads of the game there has to be uh yeah there yeah, might I can see be that. there's a, a multiplayer mode too for the last of us so maybe they can adapt that and that can be a season Mm. I don't know how that would work, but um, I'm sure there's going to be, if not already, a side by side. This is the vid- you know video game on the left side, TV show on the right side kind of thing. Especially of the opening um, escape sequence before Sarah's <laughs> killed, like that whole thing just felt very shot for shot. As well as the scene in the sewers at the end, uh, getting out of the the pipe or whatever into outside of the quarantine zone. So yeah, I can see them at some point, if not just this episode, the entire season sort of like, this is the scene in the game. This is the scene in the TV show. See, they put them right next to each other. So mm-hmm. that, that would be the smart thing to do. Right. So if anyone has any complaints, just saying we're using the source material. Look, here well, it is. Yeah. They changed. They changed certain things, like for like seemingly no reason. Like uh, the burning house was on the left side instead of the right side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, certainly possible for anybody to watch the entire game on YouTube in a cinematic yeah. cut. I'm sure it's six hours long, and you're mm-hmm. watching animated characters talk to each other. Right. But watch somebody else play the gameplay sections. Yeah, <laughs> that might captured, So I mean, they, it was acted out. You were yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, the game is really good. <laughs> I just tend to not like that kind of game. Uh, I make an exception for the last of us because the writing is so strong. But generally, when animated characters start talking to each other, is when I start looking at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> If they do use the source material, that's good. We all know HBO does well when it uses the source <laughs> material, opposed to going off. Yeah, off will script, they? So. Will they go to Dorn in this series? <laughs> By the way, I feel like I need to mention that like motion capture is one way to act, but that animators also act out the characters. Like when they animate a a cartoon character, they will literally act it out. And then draw it. Mm-hmm. So that's also a form of acting. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good observation. Because I've heard that criticism levied at the like the Game Awards, where they have best performance. Yeah. And they'll say, okay, we give it to this actor who was in the mocap suit and did the voice or whatever. But you're yeah. like, yes, that performance happened. But then there's also a team of animators that contributed yeah. to that performance. So shouldn't yeah. 20 people be up on stage right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the yeah. the motion capture is one part of it, but then the animators have to also f- finesse it and fine tune it because otherwise the motion capture wouldn't look quite right. It would just mm. look very stiff. Right. So they have to add on to that. So yeah, there's several components when you do an animated sequence. So yeah. All right. Will this um, will this show do better than the Halo? Theories. Oh, God, 
Yeah, it has to. <laughs> I think Halo did just pretty good, didn't it? I I think there's some some negative takes oh, on that. One. No, I, I don't mean critically. I mean it did good numbers. I think and popular. I think. But was it good? Uh, the fans of the game weren't super happy with it. I don't think, but people who weren't super familiar with the game, I think, liked it. I think mm. that's what I heard. I was just trying to think of other series based on a video game, and that's that's the one that came to mind. I, I, I believe um, Netflix has the rights to another Sony property. Which one? It's it's either it's I want to say Horizon. Yeah, but there's lots and, of movies that were made from and, video games as well. Uncharted. Like that. Uncharted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, another thing I can't believe exists. <laughs> this one on the Halo show, it's like, oh my god, yeah, that does exist. It seems like it, it would never ever happen, and then it happens, and it's like, oh yeah, that happened mm-hmm. with such little fanfare. Like this is getting attention because it's good, but it's also based on something that's easy to adapt because it's so strong. Whereas mm-hmm. I don't think people. I know there's Halo novels and, and all of that, but I don't know if people think of Halo as the masterpiece of writing. Did you know, did you know Sony is releasing a Gran Turismo movie? <laughs> and the premise and the premise is that somebody is really good at the Gran Turismo video game and they become a real race car driver. <laughs> That's subversive. That's like uh, the movie adaptation of ad- 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 adapting uh, Susan Orlean's book. Um I think it's Netflix is doing Horizon and Amazon's doing God of War, but that I could have them flipped. Okay. Yep, we're, we're in a new era, guys. This, yeah. this is just the beginning. Yeah. Matt, if you and I had a video games podcast, we could have a whole episode where we talk about <laughs> video game properties that deserve adaptations because they yeah. have they're narratively strong out of the gate. Revive it. <laughs> like, like McKinley cast. Revive it. <laughs> it's all up to you guys. We have the power. You have the power. All right. Well, we will uh, talk again about this show. Maybe we check in halfway through the season, or maybe we just wait till the end of the season. I don't know if we need to talk about every single episode, but perhaps we can talk to each other online after episode two and just feel, see, take our temperature and see if we've got anything worth saying. Yeah, and see if you got any funguses and, invading your body. And I want <laughs> and I want Steve to watch the the opening section of the video game. I linked it in our Facebook chat. You yes. can make wild predictions going forward and see if any of them come true. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there will there will be a, a, a outbreak. We already got the outbreak. We already got the apocalypse. Smells apocalypse uh, outbreak. Um, I'm, I'm predicting <laughs> floods and fires. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Hooplecast.com. <laughs> <laughs> Hooplecast.gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. All right. Goodbye.